Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. And hopefully you can understand and hear me because it's now the middle or end of June 2017, which is one of the hotter months in the Northern Hemisphere. I have a snowball. And the reason I have a snowball is because in the last couple of episodes, my audio wasn't exactly the greatest. So I take that to be that my microphone was having major issues because my levels were all currently the way that they are and the microphone must just not have been good so i got a snowball and hopefully i sound good and loud and clear so he has a snowball in the summertime and we promise not to break into frozen songs so that's where we stand with that let it exactly. go yes but now we <laughs> can resist. let it go excellent yes, yes. and so we promise you, you that this issues? entire podcast will not be made up of puns because yeah we promise we would drive ourselves crazy we would we would yes. we won't go there one of the first things that we wanted to talk about is Amazon payments on our website. Yes, okay. we do take them. We do take them. But with the caveat is that when you sign into Amazon, you are no longer interacting with our site. Amazon throws widgets up over the site that are accessible, but can be a little confusing. When you sign into your account, you will see your credit card number and your shipping billing address, what have you. They are links. It looks like they are active. They are not. So the only thing you have to do is activate your credit card. Even if you only have one, you need to activate your credit card. So activate that link and then go down and activate your address. That will also work. Even if you only have one, you still have to activate. Once you do that, you can place your order. So we've had a couple of customers trying to do the Amazon payments thing and running into issues because it looks like they are selected, but they are not. And we have no control over those Amazon widgets. Another thing to note about that is if you happen to be using NVDA and you want to pay through Amazon payments, I had a situation where we were trying to help a customer yesterday with Amazon payments. And I did not even see, it's a little graphic that you click on and it's like graphic one, two, three, four, something like that. It doesn't make much sense, but it's right where it says pay with Amazon payments. And then underneath there, there's a little graphic that's labeled weird, which we can't really do anything about either. But it's the thing that you click on in order to enable Amazon payments for your transaction. If, by any chance, you're using NVDA and do not see it. That's what happened to me yesterday. It was taking me straight down to where you enter your payment info if you want to pay with credit card, check, what have you. What I ended up doing was refreshing my page. So I pressed F5, page refreshed, and the little graphic was back. So if you're using NVDA and you have this problem... And I think I was using Chrome at the time, too, just in case that makes any difference. But yeah, I think it's a Chrome and NVDA probably issue. Chrome. Yes. <laughs> Chrome and NVDA do have some issues. So if you do have that happen to you and you're under those circumstances, refresh your page. You won't lose anything. Your cart won't empty. Nothing like that. You should be fine. Of course, as always, just a reminder for you guys, we can do, shall, happily take any orders via phone. So if you want to place your order via phone using any major credit card, Please feel free to give us a call anytime during regular business hours 
or after regular business hours, we'll call you back the next business day. And any of us can assist you in doing exactly that. So if you want to place your order via phone, we're very, very happy to assist you with that, answer any questions, what have you. You will also notice that later this week, and probably by the time you guys get this podcast, certainly this will be done, our menu structure will change slightly. And this is to make it make more sense. (laughs) So hopefully it will be easier for you to find who you need to speak to for your particular situation. The podcast comment line will remain at number two in the menu. And you can always go to our directory to reach myself, Lisa, and Chris directly. So that's nine. If you ever need to reach one of us directly, that is how you do that. Just follow the friendly prompts when you pick up your phone. At first, when you were talking menus, I was thinking website because it's been all about the website lately. Yes. But this is lower tech. We are referring to the phone menus in this case. It's really great to learn and grow. But if you're one of these people that says, I just want my stuff and I'm intimidated and I need help, please do give us a call. And if you do want to talk to a real person, we get that. Sometimes it's nice to talk to a real person and get your questions answered, and we're totally happy to do that. We are real people. Kind of what you see is what you get, so feel free to give us a call, and we'll be happy to help. So as Chris mentioned earlier, it's summer, or it will be by the time you guys get this podcast, and in celebration of summer and upcoming conventions and things like that, we have a goodie for you, and it is a 15% off coupon, good on almost everything except donations. And if you want to indulge in that and have some nice summer savings, it is available through July 16th. That'll get us through convention season. And the best part is you can use it twice. So we wanted to give you a little extra goodie. So if you find something, buy it. You want to come back in a week and buy something else as long as it's before the 16th, you can use it on two different orders. That's kind of a fun extra goodie. And if you want to use this coupon, you will need to type it in yourself. There's a place to apply a coupon code when you place your order. Or, of course, if you call us, we can do it for you, but you have to know this code. And the code is SUMMERLOVE17. That's all one word and all lowercase, SUMMERLOVE17. Think of it as two words and two opportunities to purchase. And two numbers, for that matter. That's right. (laughs) But all one word. Yes. But all one word. Yes, indeed. And I also chose that, of course, just me being geeky because it's 50 years from the summer of love, 1967. So for anyone who cares about such things, that's why we got summer love 17 for this year. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. And we do have another exciting thing happening. And yes, something else you might love. Yes, and by the time the coupon expires, it will be a thing of the past. So as the TV and radio announcers are fond of saying, act now. We have two sets of classes coming up, and they are Friday, July 7th, Saturday, July 8th, Friday, July 14th, and Saturday, July 15th, if you are coming or going from conventions, or if you're not going to be at a convention, if you're playing the home game, then this might be something you would like to take advantage of. The Friday classes are all about Google Home. The first class, the one on Friday, July 7th, is a comparison of Google Home and the Amazon Echo. We will put them through their paces and have them do various tasks, and you can get an idea of how they are different. Because I have both devices, I've been asked a lot, and I think Kim and Chris have as well, which one is better? 
I don't really feel, at least personally, that one is better. I like one better for some things and one better for other things. There are features that one of them has that the other doesn't and vice versa. And so this is all about you deciding which set of features best meets your needs. You know, this is a little off topic, but I had great fun this weekend. There were two kids that came to the house where I'm staying and they came into my room and they're asking all kinds of questions. And I decided that I would fire up Google Home and they were talking to the Google Home and the results were pretty hilarious. (laughs) They're interrupting. They're talking at the same time. Eventually, Google Home just lost its mind (laughs) and stopped responding for a good minute. But everything was funny to them from what does an elephant sound like? And they heard the elephant. And then, of course, they're doing what little kids do. And they say, what does a fart sound like? And Google Home very analytically says, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. And that was just as funny. And then it says, but here's what I found on Wikipedia, at which point all the adults (laughs) lost it. So that was just great fun. I had always used it kind of as a single person and never was in this interactive situation where people were all shouting things at it. It was pretty humorous. So basically what we're doing, as I said, the first Friday, July 7th, is a comparison. And then July 14th, that second Friday, is kind of modeled after the class that we did last year that Kim taught about the Amazon Echo and all the fun skills that you can use. I'll be doing that with the services on Google Home and telling you about some of those that you may not know about and just showing you some very cool things that Google Home can do. So the Saturday classes are really just a complete turnaround from the Friday classes. However, you may find both sets of classes to be pretty interesting. Our Saturday class on July 8th is going to be talking about the differences between personal life coaching and consulting. And what does this have to do with MA, you may ask? (laughs) Something that I've offered since I've been part of MA and something that Lisa will be offering soon as well and may even be offering as of the time of this class. I don't know how comfortable she's going to be in in doing that, but you never know, is personal life coaching. One of the ways that I have done this in terms of offering it for MA and to make it relevant for you guys is to do it for coaching those with a visual quote-unquote disability, and teaching the ways that you can really become an advocate for yourself, that you can feel more empowered and more self-confident as a person who has blindness or low vision. We want to share a little bit, because we do offer both coaching and consulting as part of MA, what some of the differences are. What's the difference? I hear a lot of people say to me, okay, well, you offer training, and you offer consulting, and you offer coaching, and I'm really confused. What do I want? What do I need? So we want to specifically address coaching and consulting because from a coaching standpoint, it's very important to understand the differences and how the professional with whom you are working behaves and works with you, whether you are receiving coaching or consulting, because they're very different hats to wear. Sometimes they overlap a little bit, at least in my world. I received my certifications in 2006, so it's been over 10 years now. And sometimes the two do intermingle at times, but even that in itself, is done with the permission of the client. 
with whom one is working. So we think this class on Saturday is going to be a really intriguing class and opportunity for you guys to understand a little bit about the differences and how those differences can be relevant to you as a Mystic Access client. So we hope you'll find that to be intriguing and want to come and hang out with us as we discuss something that we think is really important and valuable to those shopping with us and to those who are just curious and would like to kind of understand some of the differences and some of the similarities, because there are a few, that you can find between these two professional services. The next week, we're going to take the information that you learned on Saturday, July 8th, and put it into practice for you. This is going to be fun because we're kind of going to show you what it's like to wear these hats, both from a perspective of a client and from the perspective of the coach or consultants. We're going to have fun. We've had fun planning these classes and figuring out how this is going to work and show you the differences between these two. And we're going to do it in such a way where you as a Mystic Access customer can get some benefit out of it because we're going to discuss something that may be of interest to some of you as well. And we are going to discuss the client perspective from a blindness perspective. We're not going to share too much more about that in terms of what we're going to do there, but it is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting and it's going to take the information that you learned the previous week and hopefully make it a little bit more concrete for you in terms of understanding it from a real world perspective. If you're one of those people that is curious about this or you just like learning in general, there's going to be a lot in these classes for the learners, for the curious at heart. You know, you may think, as I did for a while, oh, coaching is for really high-powered executives or performance athletes. And that really is not the case. I am in the process right now of studying for my coaching certification. There are various levels of certification. I currently have the most basic one, and I'm going to be getting a more advanced certification. But I was in a class last evening. I take these classes through GoToTraining, which is really kind of interesting in its own right. But the instructor was looking for someone to coach, and there was crickets. It was absolute silence. And I said... I'm willing, but nothing comes to my mind at all that I can be coached on. And she said, well, do you just want to go with it and see what happens? And I thought, what the heck? You only live once. You know, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm going to look stupid here because I don't even know what we're going to talk about. And it was absolutely wonderful and very helpful. We ended up just chatting a little bit at the beginning. I ended up being coached around some issues regarding productivity and how I manage my time and how I get things done. And I left with some concrete steps that I could take. But the thing, without giving too much away here from the class, was the coach did not suggest you need to do this and this and this. So she didn't have this template that she tried to retrofit for me. Her skillful asking of questions kind of allowed me to come up with my own answers and my own suggestions and find the ways that worked with me. And I woke up this morning and I started working on and doing this kind of plan that we had talked about last night and putting it into place. And it was really nice because she asked the questions, but it came from my head. So it wasn't like someone else telling me this is what you should do. Have you ever read a book and thought, I should do this? And then you start doing it and you find you hate it because it's really not you. Well, this really is me because it came from my own head. And basically, I was coached around that. Yeah, I'm new to this whole thing. So I could talk about it for 
hours, but it's pretty exciting and it's pretty interesting, the ground that you can cover. I think that uh, the classes will have a lot to offer if you are even minimally curious. Yeah, and particularly in our community, in the community that we're talking to in the course of this podcast, it might be something that you may not have heard of so much. And especially in terms of using it yourself and taking advantage of it yourself. And going back to what Lisa was just sharing about not knowing what she was going to get coached on. I found for myself, because one of the first things I did after beginning my coach certification was to get a coach. (laughs) And the sessions that I've had over the years that I really didn't go into it thinking, what am I going to talk about today? Sometimes those have been the most powerful ones because I don't go into it with any expectation or any perceived, oh, I want to do this, this, and this today, which sometimes that's great, but not always. So we've actually touched on a lot of important nuggets right here. So if you're curious and want to learn more and want to hear us expand on some of these goodies, we will happily do so in our Saturday classes. Another thing I want to just touch on briefly is for those of you who have not taken classes with us before, First of all, for those of you who have, thank you very much. We loved working with you last July and look forward to meeting some of you in class again this year. And we just have a lot of fun working together and we have a lot of fun doing these classes together. And so some are going to be a little more interactive between Lisa and myself than others, but we're both going to be at all of them and you'll be able to ask questions. And of course, we'll take time at the end of class if you have questions about class material or MA or products or what have you, we will be all yours and assist you. Classes will be about 75 minutes. And after that, we'll certainly stick around a bit and answer questions for you. We have kind of different teaching styles, but personally and professionally, we have some some similar personality traits and they do come across in our classes. So we do have a lot of fun and it's, it's very genuine. So we hope that You will come have fun with us and bring your questions and bring your curiosity. And if you want to learn more about these upcoming classes, there is one simple place where you do that. And that is on our free teleclasses discussion list. To get there, we will have a link in the show notes. Yes, we know. We had a show notes discussion last time. (laughs) So please read them. You will find the direct link to sign up for our free teleclasses list. And all of the information to call and join these classes will be on that list. Just a very brief piece of information for those of you who have never done this before. To join our teleclasses, you just call into a phone number and then enter a PIN number and you will be golden. You will be joining up with a group of people. You will be able to mute yourself during class or you will be able to ask questions or what have you. And we'll all just be a friendly group of people hanging out together on the call. These will be recorded. So if you know you can't come, please don't worry about it. We will be sending copies of the recordings out to everyone on the free teleclasses mailing list so again there will be a link to find out more about it and to sign up you'll find a little form on the page and you can sign up directly for our free teleclasses discussion list on the page of our website that we'll be putting in the show notes and if you don't want to read the show notes you can go to (laughs) mysticaccess.com And activate the free teleclasses link, which will then take you to the page. You could do that. You'd miss out on all the fun of the show notes, but <laughs> you could do that. Well, some of us are just lazy and we want to go right to the teleclasses. <laughs> yes. Well, you can do that too. There's a link on the homepage and there's a link in the menu. So you can get there. So for the next topic of discussion, or not really discussion, but the next topic of this podcast 
Kim and I will be entering the Mystic Axis Magic Castle. And Yay! You might be wondering, what the heck is the Mystic Axis Magic <laughs> Castle? Well, we didn't know what it was until five minutes before it was created. Yeah. This is where we have guests, and we can talk to our guests. And our first guest in the Mystic Axis Magic Castle, say that five times, is Anna Dressner. And we talk all about her books, and we have a really nice conversation with Anna in the castle. Yes, we do. And she enjoyed the castle. She's the type of person who likes castles. So it worked out great for all involved. And we particularly focus on her new book, 10,000 Steps, Kane Not Included. So again, visit the show notes because we will have links there to that book and a couple of her others as well. So let's enter the Magic Castle and talk to Anna Dresner. Welcome. To the Mystic Access Magic Castle. So Kim and I are in the Magic Castle and we have a guest here. Yay, and, for guests. And Kim is going to tell us who the guest is because I don't know. <laughs> you don't? Well, shame no. on you. You're supposed to know who the guest is. <laughs> I am, but oh well. So you're oh. going to have to tell us. Oh, how unfortunate. Well, we will introduce you to our guest. We are very pleased and thrilled to be interviewing Anna Dresner today. And we're hi. primarily going to... Hi, Anna. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> when did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> See, he really did not know you were here. Goodness. Tisk um... tisk. We're so pleased to have you and are thrilled to be talking about your newest book, 10,000 Steps, Kane Not Included. And this is, of course, available from National Braille Press. For those of you who don't know Anna's work, I definitely recommend checking it out for many reasons. But my own personal story goes way back to some iPod books <laughs> way back in the day that you wrote that were probably my first introduction to you but they were also probably one of my first intros to assistive technology books in general i had hard copies from nbp sent my way and that was kind of a fun experience and while i haven't bought in hard copy braille in quite a while it's really nice to know that it is still available it is still something that you can get and nbp is very price conscious for those of you who are interested in still getting your Braille as hard copy. However, if you want to download your books, you can also receive any books that you order from NVP or essentially any books besides anything that's more graphic intensive. You can get as DAISY, Word files, downloadable BRF. You can get them on flash drives if you're willing to pay a little more as well if you want to order them but still have them in electronic format. Yes, thank you. That is a very good point as well. So if you don't feel comfortable for any reason downloading straight from NDP, you can certainly get flash drives sent to your door with your products right there. If you want a downloadable copy or a Braille copy, your Braille copy or your downloadable copy in whichever format you choose is $12 for this particular book, 10,000 Steps came Not Included, or $14.50 for a flash drive sent to your door with formats of your choice. One of the things that I've always really appreciated about your books, and as I said, I have been reading them for quite a long time, is that you write in a really laid-back, informal style, but yet you give a lot of really good information, you provide a lot of step-by-step, -step, but you also don't shy away from sharing antidotes that you've personally experienced while getting ready to introduce us to the material in whatever book it may happen to be. And this one is no exception. I really enjoyed your intro where you were talking about not really being very much of an exercise 
enthusiast at the time and how that changed for you and how it was something that you found yourself doing more of both in the process of getting this book together and putting this material together and just in general how do you feel that writing a book like this has impacted you on a personal level well first of all thank you very much i really try to remember you know, when I'm doing a book like this, I, you know, I, I taught computers for a couple of years at the Carroll Center for the Blind and did some other rehab teaching earlier. And so I definitely try to remember that, you know, there are other people on the other end of these books. And so I try to write something that I would not be totally bored reading, you know, <laughs> if, I, if I was on the other end. And well, these books are interesting because they kind of they mean that I have a chance to explore something you know, in more depth than I would normally. And um, I'm still not like some big fitness fanatic. I mean, I, I go plenty of days without doing much of anything. But one thing that I really thought was neat that I learned in the process of some of this is that basically any movement that you do is good. I mean, of course, you know, there are recommendations about how much you should work out and this and that. But the nice thing is, it's not as though if you don't work out a half an hour a day, it's pointless, um, you know, that anything you do counts, I, which I think just kind of takes off some of the pressure and kind of can hopefully encourage people to, to try stuff out and know that they will get some benefit out of it. Regard, you know, even if they just do it a little bit. And so I think that that's kind of a nice way to approach something like fitness, which I think a lot of people, certainly myself included, a lot of times, or, you know, tend to think, well, you know, that's uh, something that's good for me, but I'll get to it next week. <laughs> just that knowing that doing something will help is really encouraging for that, I think. Exactly. And I think in our community, maybe in particular, finding something, I think that feels really good, feels accessible, and that you can feel confident in doing as a person with little or no physical sight, I think could be perceived as intimidating or weird or just a little too much trouble for some people. So I think that's one cool thing about your book is that you're providing a lot of different information in terms of different things that people can do and even going so far as to put it in three different very distinct sections in terms of how people can perhaps approach this either by doing one thing or perhaps finding a whole bunch of different things that would work for their particular lifestyle. Yeah, I mean I think there are some really legitimate concerns there. I mean like to sure. go to a to go to a class where someone's te- teaching something and you don't really know what they're doing. I mean, who wants to be standing there? My my husband used to go with me to a yoga class and kind of just you know, tell me stuff that they were doing. And the teacher did get better over time. But, you know, that can be hard. And you don't always have somebody who's willing to do that. Sure. Um, and so I think finding resources that are easy to deal with as a blind person is really important. And so I arranged it. Basically, the first part is audio programs, uh, starting with Ice Free Fitness workouts from Blind Alive, because they're just they've just done such an amazing job of. Yes both the variety of workouts and the descriptions. And um, it's just such a nicely done program. And I think really, and also is really good at meeting a wide variety of needs. But there's a lot of other, there's some other really good resources out there, some of them specifically for blind people and some not that, that have really good descriptions. And the nice thing about those is that you don't have to be computer savvy to use them. Some of them are available on apps and some of them are available as downloads. But 
it's also possible to just go buy a CD and stick it in your player and, and listen if that's what you want. And then the second part is focused on apps. I started with the health app because everyone's got that in their iPhone. So if you have an iPhone from, I guess it's a 5S or later, it's and you carry it around with you all the time, it's counting your steps. You've already got a pedometer uh, without even having to buy anything. And then I went through some apps, some of which are just really useful. And then in the case of like Fitstar, because it's something that Fitbit uses, I put it in the book, even though it has some accessibility challenges. And then the third part of the book is about the fitness trackers made by Fitbit and the Apple Watch. On a personal level, I was really happy to see all the work you did in the Fitbit section in particular, because I got a charge too, the same as you have a few months ago. And it's really just been sitting on the charger because I was like, oh, I should have done some prep before I purchased this because I don't know what I'm doing. So it's great for me because now I've got some kind of paint by numbers things to go into the app and kind of follow along with some of the things that you mentioned in the course of the book to feel like I can more successfully find things, set things up. Because for whatever reason, and it was probably because I was under a lot of stress and there was a lot going on, you know, it just didn't feel very intuitive to me. So sometimes it's really good to have a little bit more of a, you know, I say paint by numbers, but not really, just more of a little step-by-step or some friendly guidance to say, okay, this is what this looks like, this is where you go, and this is what it does. So that's always kind of fun and gives you a little bit more, perhaps, confidence in working through something, whether it be an app or even some of knowing more about some of the audio downloads or the health app or any of the information that you mentioned in the third section as well, dealing with Fitbit or Apple Watch. I think that can be really useful. Well, I'm very glad because, yeah, I, I, I like that sort of thing, too. That's one reason I bought some of you guys' tutorials, because it's kind of nice sometimes to not have to go in and try to figure it all out yourself. It's kind of nice to have somebody else do some of that. So, you know, it's kind of fun to have that give and take. Exactly. Did you find anything in the course of researching this and writing some of the material for this particular book that kind of surprised you did you have any like pleasant surprises of oh hey this is actually something that i'll use after this book is written that i wasn't necessarily using before in terms of fitness or exercise i think it probably well one thing that was very nice was was exploring some of the um ice free fitness workouts that i hadn't like their their gentle workout set which was one that i hadn't bought and I thought that, I mean, I actually kind of like the cardio workout in that one better in that I'm not, I don't do all that much cardio. And so a 20 minute cardio workout is a little less daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you do it standing up, they have the op- you know, they have the option in the app of doing it standing up or sitting down and I do it standing up. So it's still fairly challenging, but it's not quite as just exhausting as the <laughs> 30 minute full bore one so that was pretty cool to have something that was a, a little less intimidating and I really I probably wouldn't have checked that one out so that was pretty neat that's really cool yeah and you know it does give a little bit more variety and I believe those are like little 20 minute workouts so it's it's less you have to do at any given time you can mix and match or do whatever you want I'm a fan of a lot of the ice free fitness workouts myself and that's one I should probably check out just for when I don't have quite as much time. I know this is not the Blind Alive podcast, but for those of you who are interested in saving a little money on your next Blind Alive purchase, if you read this book, you may find a little goodie in there that will assist you in doing exactly that. So just a little note for anyone interested. Yep. And you also, if you buy the book before the 
end of July, you will be entered into a drawing for a Fitbit Flex. They're going to be giving away, MVP is going to be giving away three of those. And that is, I believe, the one waterproof Fitbit. So, you know, if you want to have your uh, your workouts counted when you go swimming later in the summer, uh, you, you could be all set if you happen to win that. Beautiful. And I think all you have to do is buy the book in any format to enter That's that, right. correct? Yep. Nothing nothing special. Um, You know, no extra work or anything. So that's pretty neat. And I really, it was fun to get a chance to try the Fitbit. It's not something I would have bought otherwise because I have an Apple Watch. Um, But I've certainly heard about them. And I imagine, you know, it'll be helpful in terms of just helping relatives or whatever. And I was pleased at how useful the, the Fitbit actually is. It, you know, provided some good information. And while the device itself is not accessible, although if there's a feature you want to use on it, you can configure it to make it at least a little easier to do. But then, and the app has a few quirks. For the most part, the app is really quite accessible and does give you a lot of really good information. So it is a viable option if you don't want to spend the money on the Apple Watch and you just want the fitness stuff and you don't really care about all the other kinds of apps you can run on the watch. And it was nice to find out that that really was a viable option for people. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, uh, you know, in a personal standpoint, I was so happy because this was the exact unit that I had purchased. And I wasn't oh, yeah, really ready was, to dive really into lucky. Yeah, I know, right? I was really happy because I wasn't quite ready to dive into the Apple Watch, although Lisa's pretty much had me sold on that thanks to her earlier tutorials. So that based with, you know, with this information, I was Same like, here. Oh, you know, yeah, it's it's fun. You know, it's something that I might dive into at some point. It's got a lot of things that I know I would personally like. But even knowing your tip, which I did not know until I read your book about being able to reorder the menus and then you can actually use the watch to, like, start the breathing and, you know, all these things. I was like. Wow, that's so cool. So you can learn just little tips for making things easier that you might already be using in addition to kind of learning about some new things and and new parts and pieces that you may not have known about in terms of ways to extend or create or otherwise learn about new workout or fitness options. The other thing that I really appreciate about the way you put this together is it's not just fitness for your body that is something that you focus on here. It all really is about, for me at least, it's definitely a mind-body-spirit combination of things I feel I need to do to nurture myself and make myself feel good. And you haven't left that out in terms of this. I was delighted to see... Yoga mentioned a great deal. I was really excited to see Nature Space because it's one of my favorite apps in the entire world. And I also did not know that John Cabot Zen had a yoga audio available. That was news to me. So it's kind of cool to find out different things. So there's meditation in here. There's yoga. There's mindfulness. I really love that you incorporated that piece. Well, thank you. I, I really thought that was important because it is a real part of being healthy is learning how to you know, deal with the world in a peaceful way. And I know a lot of people have sleep issues. So I really wanted to include things like the Paziz app and, uh, and one of, and, and this um, Michael Reed Gock who does um, some really nice things on, you know, a, a really good recording on acupressure and stuff to help you sleep better. Because it's, I know that's really important for a lot of people. And I think, you know, all of those things together just are really important to have, to being healthy. 
like you said, not just in body, but also in mind and spirit. So I really was glad to be able to put in some of those things because it's, you know, it's kind of fun to have stumbled across some of these resources over the years and have a chance to share them. Yeah, and I was so excited to see something like Meditation Oasis, which I've used for years and years. And, you know, to see that brought into this so that pe- perhaps people in our community who maybe have not heard of that or known about that resource can identify with it. There's really something here for everybody. And I've had the pleasure of getting to know you personally some over the last several months. And you know, we've had many conversations about the stress of today's world and so much turmoil going on and I think particularly in times that feel harder or more stressful or more tumultuous just based on outside circumstances that we can't necessarily do too terribly much about it helps to be able to find if not a complete respite at least moments that you can take for yourself to nurture yourself because it's really hard to get balanced get centered and help other people if we haven't put some of that self-care in place and managed that ourselves so that we can be the best us we can be to go out and face the world. Absolutely. That's really, really important. I also understand, and I haven't read this and I need to pick it up, but you have a book on my favorite thing, which would be (laughs) the computers that you can talk to. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. That book... I wrote last summer, and basically what it does is compare the voice digital assistants, uh, Siri, Alexa, Google Now. Uh, the book was released before we, I knew about Google Home and uh, Cortana. And it, you know, of course, at this point, the information is not going to be completely the same because, you know, Alexa and all of them have added capabilities since then. But I do go through kind of what a voice digital assistant kind of is, what you can expect from it, um, some of the issues you might want to think about, like privacy. And and then uh, I go through um, these different ones and some of the things that they can each do or could do at that time. I remember when I was probably, it was probably about 12 years ago, maybe a little more, a little less, when those interactive talking clocks came out, the smart clocks and the mushies, where you would say, like, hello, Mushi, what time is it, or time, or date? And I just love that whole idea where, you know, you just walk into a room and you can, even though it was just time and date, that you can just ask hands-free what the time and the date are. And then when the Echo came out, I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread and still do, because a lot of stuff I do with it, it's kind of that and or Google Home is the hub of a lot of my electronics like i can control my security system with it i can control my thermostat now i can even control my roomba with it so i understand how how much you can you can do with these digital assistants and how they can make a non-accessible product more accessible just having that speech in speech out interface yeah, that is really cool. I don't have all those the appliances and such like. I'm sure that's very fun and certainly could be useful in terms of lighting in a house and all kinds of things. It is really nice to be able to control something by voice. And of course, with those devices that don't have screens, you know, we're really not at a disadvantage from everyone else using them, which is really a lovely thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely, I mean, there's a lot of situations where they're not what I would want to use if I'm out doing you know if i'm out somewhere i don't really want to be talking to my phone right and that right 
kind of thing. But um, they can certainly be very useful, especially when you're at home. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the fact that your book kind of gives a little bit of a side-by-side comparison and you can just kind of flip between the chapters and say, oh, does this do this? Oh, this does this. How interesting. And this doesn't. So you can kind of get, I know we're kind of Alexa biased around here and that's just kind of how we are. But, uh, you know, we have some, we have some Google homes too. I know Chris and Lisa and I all have Google homes as well. You know, it's one of those things where kind of sometimes having a little bit of a side-by-side comparison and contrast piece can be useful in learning what you're doing. And there's also that piece in there that I think is important to mention in terms of what we do, in terms of creating a lot of audio products, I don't know about YouTube, but sometimes for me, I find that if I'm actually reading something, and I'm speaking specifically of if you're reading these books with a Braille display, either in BRF or Word format or what have you, or the Braille hard copy, sometimes retaining information is done a little differently when you're reading it versus when you're listening to it. So sometimes having resources that provide both angles can be really useful in maintaining or obtaining information about something new that you're trying to learn more about and see if it's something that you want to pursue further. For me, I'm an audio learner. <laughs> uh, my my Braille is so slow that uh, Google Home, Alexa, Cortana, and Siri would all be out of date before I got to read the book. <laughs> well, well, that's a nice you thing. You were older than us when you started reading Braille, so, yeah. It's good to have multiple ways, yeah, because I would think, like, if you're trying to learn a device, I mean, if you're a really audio learner, the audio tutorials would be good, and one thing that's really nice about them is being able to hear what the responses are, which is kind of nice, especially if you don't have the product yet. If you're reading it, one advantage would be that you don't have you can actually have your device on so you could try something you were reading right then and there without having to make sure that you know cuz if you've got a tutorial going you might have to turn off the device's listening capabilities yep. that yep. it you know and then turn it on to try it whereas if you're reading it you could just you know not turn off the interactive part right. and then and just speak right then and there and try it. So I definitely think there are advantages to both. And, you know, so it's it's nice to have multiple things out there. I, I will say that the um, Alexa tutorial was invaluable when I was working on the book. Kind of what you were oh, saying, thank you. Fitbit, not yeah. having, you know, it was really nice to just sit back and let someone else walk me through some of those different features and not have to sit there and try to read the documentation and ex- figure it all out on my own. It was, I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fun. I brought that whole concept up as a way of saying these are resources, what you're doing and what we're doing, they kind of can work hand in hand. So if, if you think... Right. You know, I'm having trouble retaining something that I keep listening to this piece of this tutorial over and over and over and I don't understand that I'm not learning it. You may want to pick up a book and actually read it if you have Braille skills or, you know, if you have enough vision to read hard copy documentation of some kind and and you had that at your disposal. It may be something to consider, even if you think, hey, I'm primarily I primarily listen to something, you know, and I'm an audio learner. It may be useful just to see what happens when you pick up documentation. I like both. I like having the option of doing both. A lot of times if I have the option to read something in Braille, I don't always prefer it. But generally speaking, it depends on what it is. But if it's something that I'm referencing, for instance, and something like what, what we're all doing, you know, that we often provide reference materials for people in one stripe or another it can be useful to then take whichever format you're using and accompany that with another format so that you've then got more options 
So that sure. being said, you know, it can be really useful to consider one or the other if you're not currently utilizing it. Speaking of one or the other, if you're not currently utilizing it, one of the things that we all take advantage of via our iOS devices, particularly, is voiceover, generally speaking, certainly for all three of us. And you actually have an ongoing resource that you've updated for years now on iOS devices. Tell us a little more about your latest incarnation of that. Well, it's getting started with the iPhone and iOS 10. And so if you, you know, particularly if you're new to the iPhone, it can be a really good place to get started. I was very fortunate that the first year I did that book, Dean Martineau helped write it. He's an excellent teacher and he did some wonderful work on the home screens and some of that, some of that language has remained intact through all the years. The book will give you an introduction to iTunes. Basically, my focus is not on using it as a whole. My focus is on getting the content that you want onto your device. The funny thing that you mentioned that, I bought an iPod Touch third generation way, way back when. And I got the hang of the majority of it, but the part that I had problems with was typing and editing. And I read your book... And it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, good. So then I was, so then I was able to to go ahead and actually type. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, because well, not, not putting in your passwords for your Wi-Fi, you know, when you don't know how to type is a little difficult. <laughs> oh, yeah, which is why in that book I talk about with the setup process that if you, you know, it is completely accessible, but if you've never used an iPhone before or a iPod Touch or whatever it is you're working with, that that first time out, if, if you've got a Wi-Fi password in particular, you may very well want to get help because, right. you yep. know, nobody, if you've never used these devices before, typing is not where you want to start. No. <laughs> True. Um, and it's just too frustrating. Setting up your voicemail greeting, the same thing is like, you know, if you're new to this, you know, get somebody else to do that. You, you know, you'll never probably have to change it or, you know, very, very rarely save yourself some frustration. But I also did try to provide enough information that if somebody's like, oh, I don't need help, I'm just going to plunge ahead. <laughs> at least, you know, they could do that it. Was, that was me until I got to typing. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> typing is definitely tricky. I'm very glad that uh, Braille, on-screen Braille input has gotten better on the iPhone uh, because it's just so much more efficient. If you are familiar with Braille and use it regularly, it's just gotten. The, 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 the funny thing is about Braille screen input, you know, we did the tutorial for the Braille Note Touch, and there's Touch Braille, which is kind of like Braille screen input, although one of our, well, not really a customer, but somebody who downloaded the tutorial to help a friend comes back to us and says, you know, you never taught us how to put a space bar in or a backspace. And we're like, well, it's like doing it on a Braille writer. You know, you just take for granted that everybody's used a Braille writer before. And this person's first working with Braille was using the iPhone. So he thought on the Braille Note Touch, you had to use the swipe gesture to put a space bar mm. in or the backspace so we got to modify oh, wow. that a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was kind of an eye-opening experience. Like, what? Oh, okay. After I'm, he explained it, 
it was like, yeah, that makes sense. But he's like, well, you didn't tell us how to put the space bar in. Wow. Yeah, it's hard to think of everything um, right. or impossible, really. I mean, I think you know, one one thing I always try to do with my books and, you know, and I'm sure you guys did that, too. But of, you know, having other people read through them yes. because there's always mm-hmm. stuff. Yes that yes. somebody will find that I'll be like, oh, right. But of course, the, basically, the more people, the better, because, you know, there's always stuff like that. For the Braille note, we had human wear staff. So we had... Yeah, you got the source there. That's <laughs> yeah, Exactly. That worked, that, that worked out really well, and they gave us very good feedback. Yeah, some of those sections would not even have been recorded without the help of a lot of really great support staff and other staff you know some of the sections with some of the memory tricks i mean those weren't all mine goodness no (laughs) had to get some help finding some of that information but i'm always amazed by meeting really remarkable people in this community you know people who are learning braille later in life and people who are learning their technology or newly blind or having these experiences at different points in their lives and the perspectives from which they come into this stuff and it's remarkable to learn about that and learn about where people are coming from and it never gets old for me in terms of saying wow you know how can the resources that i'm co-creating here be more valuable based on the feedback that i'm getting by learning about this client and this client and this client and their very unique experiences so it's it's a lot of fun that's very cool yeah and i think that really speaks to the whole importance of multiple modalities of Uh teaching these things too um like one thing in the iphone book that i've always done is the book itself walks you through the process of doing things exploring the screen and then you learn how to dial phone numbers and then you learn how to type you know later when after you've done some of those other things but you know it could be that you are the kind of person for whom that kind of hand holding just drives you crazy and you just want to get to the heart of it and know how to do stuff and so there's a whole appendix where I guess go through all the different gestures and what they do, which a person and also that's useful for people who would like later who went through and really like the hand holding and, and whatnot. But then later on, don't remember how to do something or other. They can look that up. And I thought that was really important to have uh, the first year we had a I had a journal that was part of the book that talked about my getting an iPhone and learning to use a few apps and that kind of thing, because I thought it would be kind of nice for people who wanted a kind of a role model or kind of a sense of, well, how do you deal with an app that you've never seen before? And that kind of stuff. In the end, you know, that had to go by the wayside because they're just you know, as, as the phone was able to do more things, the book got bigger. And, you know, we had originally we talked about every app on the phone, too. And we had to drop all that oh, wow. because, mm-hmm. you know, it just as as we ended up with multiple screen layouts and things like that, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then it just became impossible to cover all that stuff. And so, you know, and so now it focuses basically on getting the con. Well, which which phone models are out there and kind of which one to buy and then getting the content you want on it, navigating screens, setting the thing up the way you want, the you know, the, in the different settings and configurations, and then entering text and moving apps around, and that's about it. But I figured that's enough to get people started. And then there's a big resources section so that people can find about all sorts of other, you know, podcasts and resources and mailing lists and stuff so that they can continue learning. Mm-hmm. And there's a question and answer section as well. So. Hmm. It's, it approaches 
so many different learning styles and so much of different ways that different people are going to want to utilize it based on all these different sections and all the different ways in which you're presenting the material. And I want to stress again for people, these are not like huge technical manuals. You know, they're friendly. They're written in such a way where you feel like you're sitting across from Anna having a conversation. And I think that's important in that, you know, you don't feel intimidated. You don't feel stressed out as you're attempting to learn the stuff or experience it. And you've got the resource, again, like we say about our stuff, that you can return to again and again and again. And I also just have to give a plug for a little bit of girl power here because (laughs) this has been a man's world for a while. So it's very refreshing, certainly for me coming into this, to know of other women who are in here writing the stuff and creating these resources. And it just goes to show, girls, that there's, there's a lot to say for learning technology and experiencing it. And it's always good whether you're male or female, to be able to get different perspectives and learn from different avenues and different resources. And I think it's very valuable to know that these resources are available and are easier than ever to find, to experience, and to receive for yourself when you need them. Absolutely. And don't ever assume that because you're too old or you're too young or you're male or you're female or you're whatever else is going on, you know, or yep. too disabled or whatever that you can't learn it or whatever, because that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, people, some people are going to use the technology for more things than other people. But, you know, most people are going to be able to find some way in which this stuff really makes their lives easier. And that's really what it's, that's the point. That's what it's about. And then if you want to get into it more, great. But, you know, Give it a when try. I first, when I first got into the computer eons ago, I had in these sort of DOS computers back in the early 90s. I had to learn every single thing about the computer, every single program that was installed on the computer, every single thing within that program that was installed on the computer. And now it's just like I do what I need to do to get my work done. I don't have to. Nobody really has to know every single thing in a specific application or a specific program or even a specific digital assistant you just kind of do what you need to do and somebody else might know more than you but that's fine yeah exactly the stuff is supposed to help us it's not supposed to be you know it's something that you have to beat yourself over the head about and oh i've got to learn this this and this or else it's i you know it's a waste of time or whatever you know it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be how can this be helpful how can i have fun with this how can i communicate with other people or whatever that that kind of thing not oh my gosh i don't know every single thing so therefore i'm you know an idiot or whatever (laughs) yeah that's important i talk to clients all the time and they're like well my sister has one of these and she can do all this and i can only do blah and you know what you're not your sister. You're not the guy next door. You're not your colleague. You're you. And you're going to use these for what you want to use these for. And if you want to learn to use them for more stuff, that's why we've got these resources like Anna's books and our tutorials and all sorts of stuff out there now. You can learn more when you want to, or you can just get a nice solid foundation for the stuff you want to use and leave it at that. It's totally up to you. Nobody has to dictate to you what you need to learn, how much you need to learn, especially right. if you're using it for your own personal use. It's up to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And, you know, you may change your mind later, and that's also yeah. fine. Um, or you may not, you know. <laughs> if, if, if the technology <laughs> is doing what you want it to do and it's adding something to your life, that's, that's really all that matters. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That sounds like a 
beautiful way to close this. Do you have anything, final thoughts that you want to add about any of these topics we've covered? Um, Not really. I just really appreciate you guys having me on, and I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at you. And again, just some info for you guys. To place your orders to find out more about Anna's books, you can go to National Braille Press, that's nbp.org, and you can either search for her name right now as of this recording in June of 2017. There's a link on the homepage to the newest book, 10,000 Steps, Kane Not Included. But if you want to type her name in and search, it's Anna Dresner, A-N-N-A-D-R-E-S-N-E-R. And you can do a search. You can go to the bookstore. The site's very easily laid out, and you can find what you're looking for. You can order online using MasterCard, Discover, American Express, Visa, or you can call and order that way and get the format of your choice. And again, you can get downloadable BRF formats. Daisy formats, and it's text-daisy format, just so you're aware of that. It's not human-narrated speech. But you can get that. You can get Word. You can get BRF. You can also get a Braille copy or thumb drives of the material sent to your door in whatever format you wish. And just a reminder about the newest book, that if you order it, and all you have to do is order the format or formats of your choice by July 31st, 2017, you will be entered into a drawing to win a Fitbit Flex. So three lucky winners will win that, and that will be very fun and a fun way to either start or continue or expand on your personal fitness journey. So that's a lot of fun. And just a reminder about this particular book is the downloadable formats are $12 each. The Braille hard copy format is $12 and flash drives are $14.50. So you have all of those options available for you. Anna, thanks so much for joining us in the Mystic uh, or Magic Castle or whatever we're calling (laughs) this this, uh, little segment that where guests can appear it just seems a little friendlier than just oh my guest is here so we're just kind of hanging out in the magic castle that's great i'll i'll hang out in a magic castle anytime thanks for having me (laughs) you're welcome take care you too bye bye thank you for your visit to the mystic access magic castle you're welcome anytime and we have exited the magic castle (laughs) And we hope you have enjoyed that long interview, but it was really well worth the time to listen to. And there are lots of goodies and nuggets within that, as you all heard. Yes, we had a blast. It was a lot of fun conducting that. And we hope you will check out Anna's fabulous books that she offers through NDP. So thank you all once again for listening to this podcast. And hopefully my microphone is strong (laughs) and clear because... I don't want to have to find one that I can insert directly into my mouth or something, but, you know. I want that to would watch. be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. It I want to probably watch. would, but that's what we do for our listeners so that they can <laughs> hear us all. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. See ya. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? 
please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.